stay connected. Sign up for our newsletter. Go beyond your favorite Voice America shows. Visit iradioblog.com. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. and business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're also giving back to the community, and so can you. Welcome to Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind with host Chris Cooper. If you are looking to make the most of yourself and your business, then you will want to stay tuned for the next hour. Here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper of BeMoreAchieveMore.com and CC1Consulting.com and I'm delighted to be back with you again for yet another show. And today we're going to talk about investing in real estate and why it's a good investment uh, with my guest Simon Zucci. Before we start that, I'd just like to say um, a big thank you to uh, my spe- the speakers uh, last week. I had Dave Bradley and uh, TV and movie actress Karen Asempa for joining me and talking about building extraordinary relationships in the workplace. Also, thank you to all of those people who sent in Twitters to share their thoughts on what they should have done correctly to improve their breaking relationship during the recording. If you've not heard the show and you're wondering what I'm talking about, then do take a listen from the archive. So as I mentioned today, we're going to talk about property investment. Now, many people recognize that investing in real estate is one of the best investments that you can make. It can create a passive income now and long-term provision for your pension and retirement, as well as leaving a legacy for your family and loved ones. However, investing in real estate, or as we say in the UK, property, can be a risky business, especially if you don't know what you're doing. I therefore thought it'd be great to have a really experienced investor, Simon Zucci, on the show. Uh, I first saw Simon speak at a live event and was impressed with what he had to say. I also looked at a video on his website that really got me thinking about property investment. As entrepreneurs or business people, looking after our money is clearly important. So during this show, Simon's going to explain not only why you should be investing in real estate, but also how to minimize the risks using the five golden rules of real estate investing. He's also going to explain how you can buy real estate using very little of your own money and how you can control property without a need for mortgages or large deposits if we get the time. If we don't get it all, I'll ask him back for a part two later in the year. Now, Simon Succi, besides being a very experienced real estate investor, is a successful entrepreneur. He's a best-selling author and widely recognized as one of the top wealth strategists in the UK. Having started to invest in 1995, he became financially independent by the age of 32. Passionate about sharing his experience, Simon founded the Property Investors Network in 2003, and that's grown to become the largest property networking organization in the UK, with monthly meetings in 36 cities, and it's designed to provide a supportive and educational environment for investors. Now, I spoke at one of his events uh, recently and was really impressed by the buzz and the energy uh, in the room. 
Since 2003, Simon has taught thousands of entrepreneurs and business owners how to successfully invest in a tax-efficient way to create additional streams of income, give them more time to do the things they want to do, and build their long-term wealth. Simon's book, Property Magic, which is now in its fourth edition, became an instant hit when first released in 2008 and remains an Amazon.co.uk number one best-selling real estate book. So a big welcome to Simon Zushi. Thank you, Chris. Great to be on the show. Yeah, great to have you on the show, Simon. Um, Simon, shall we start with you maybe telling us a bit about your background and why you feel so passionate for real estate investment? As I mentioned, we'd say in the UK, property investment. How did that come about? Well, it all started, Chris, when uh, I'd finished university and I managed to get a graduate trainee job at a company called Cadbury's, who very famous chocolate brand in the UK. And um, as soon as I had my first house, uh, my first job, I decided to buy a house. And I, I'd always lived with other people, you know, friends when I was at university. And so I decided to buy a house a bit bigger than I needed. And I rented out two of the spare rooms to two of my friends who were still studying at university. And the rent that they paid me was enough to cover the mortgage on the property and most of the bills. So I pretty much lived for free, which I thought was pretty good. And um, three years later, because I wasn't spending all of my income, and I also had a part-time business uh, organizing uh, student nightclub events, which was great fun, parties and things, um, I had some money set aside, and I decided to uh, move out of the house I was living in and go and buy another one. Now, what most people do, Chris, when they're looking to move from one house to another, is they sell the first house in order to give them a deposit to buy the next one. But because I wasn't spending hardly any of my income, and because I'd earned some extra money as well, I already had a second deposit saved. So I was able to retain the first property. And since 1998, I've rented that property to students uh, at the local university, at local college, um, every day ever since. And every month after collecting the rents and paying the bills and the mortgage, I've had cash in my pocket every single month. And the value of that property has gone up over the years. It's gone up, it's come down, it's gone up again. And it's just done so well for me. Now, what happened was I, I started to collect a few more properties and I was buying and renovating and flipping properties. And my accountant said to me one year, he said, you know, you've made more money this year part time from your property than you have as a full time senior manager as I was at the time at Cadbury's. And so I made the decision when I was about 32 that I actually would leave conventional employment. And I was able to do that, Chris, because the income from my property was more than I was earning in a full-time job. And that's what I call when you reach the point of financial independence. You no longer have to work for someone else uh, or even run your own business because actually you've got a passive income coming in. So no matter what you're doing, you're earning money. And that's why I'm passionate about property. Um, it's not so much the property itself. It's what the, the real estate can do for the owners of that real estate. Um, and I've been fortunate enough to spend the last 10 years teaching people what I've learned. And um, it gives me a real buzz when um, people hear what I say, they take action and they get results and, and it changes their lives. So that's why I'm passionate about it. That sounds really cool. Just out of interest, I mean, did you come from a, an entrepreneurial family? No, not really. Uh, my father was a, a doctor, a general practitioner, and my mom was a nurse uh, when they met. And my mom became a housewife, looked after, brought me and my, my two sisters up. Um, and my parents had always 
um, had they been lucky with houses? They they had bought well, I guess. They'd they'd moved from one house to an ex, kind of as as jobs and and uh, work dictated, I guess. But they'd always managed to move up a house each time um, to the end when they were in quite a nice big house when they finally uh, retired early at the age of fifty seven. And um, what they did, they had to. Um, to, to live on a pension, what they, they sold a nice house in, in Kent, in, in England, and they retired to the south of France. Great place to go to. Um, but they bought some land and they built a house. So they were able to take some of the money that they released from the sale of their property and live off some of that until my father's pension kicked in at the age of 60. Um, and that's often what people have to do. They work all their lives to pay off their own house and then when they become older, uh, maybe the house is too big for them. And what often happens is people have to sell the house they live in to downscale to somewhere smaller or cheaper so they can live off some of the money that they've gained in the growth. Um, but actually, if you have additional properties um, to the one you live in, well, you don't have to sell those and they can keep on giving you cash and uh, money well into your retirement and your pension. So it's great pension planning as well. So sounds really Great. A very, very wise thing to do. So let's just talk money quickly for a moment. Do you make more money teaching people or from your property these days? I make a lot of money teaching people how to do exactly what I did, Chris, because we're really good at teaching people and we get fantastic results for our students. Uh, and in fact, we, you know, as we have massive demand, we keep on putting the price up. And, you know, the more we charge, uh, actually, the, the better caliber of investor comes to us and the more committed people are the more likely they are to take action but i am pleased to say that i don't need to do any education i don't need to do anything the income from my property is more than enough to support me but i'm not the kind of person who could sit around doing nothing so um, my passive income is enough for me to live on um, i'm i absolutely love what i do and i think if you do what you're passionate about you get financially rewarded for that if you provide value to other people which is what i do but also i do actively invest in property still because I believe if I'm teaching other people um, I need to be at the forefront myself and I can confirm I'm going to make a lot more this year from the, the larger property deals I'm doing than I do from teaching but to be honest I prefer the teaching I love sharing my knowledge and speaking and I know you see me speak I'm, I'm very passionate about the subject because I know what it can do for people as you do well so isn't property investment risky I mean what do you see people doing wrong out there Oh, Chris, you know, investing can be very risky. And I see people who, unfortunately, they, they, they see other people making money in property, they think, oh, that's a good idea. And they go out and they don't really know what they're doing. Um, buying a house to live in is fairly easy because you know what your requirements are, you know what you can afford, where you're going to buy. Buying a house for investment it is a different buying decision because you need to think about the tenants who are going to live there. You need to make sure it's a desirable uh, location that you're easily going to be able to find tenants for you've got to make sure the rent's going to be enough to uh, cover all the costs and, and a big mistake I see people doing is that they don't do their research uh, they don't buy in the right place they don't know what to buy because they're not really educated um, and if you don't know what you're doing yes you can make mistakes um, the incredible thing about property Chris and real estate is that over the long term the value of real estate goes up and that's because of supply and demand generally um, but the key is to be able to hold the property. So, you know, my property all came down in 2007, 2008, as it did around the world. Um, but you know what? That, that's not really a problem because 
I bought property that was giving me cash flow. So if I was looking to sell the property and the price had come down, well, then I'd lose money. The way I buy property is that actually it doesn't matter what happens short term to the price because I always buy to give me income, to give me cash flow. And I think if you do that, rather than buying for speculation, it's possible to minimize the risks. So you take a long term horizon with it. Absolutely, yes. But it needs to make me money today. Because I'm an investor. I want to get a return on my investment this year. And why should people favor property over other forms of investment? Well, you know, there there are lots of different types of investment. And I think it's really good to have a a mixed portfolio. Um, People have stocks and shares. They have precious metals. They have all sorts of collectibles. Um, The great thing about real estate, I believe, is that real estate, um, unlike a a stock or a share, um, it can never go to zero value. Um, Even if you had a property that that burnt down, you you still got the land value. Um, And even if it does burn down, you can get insurance to make sure you're covered in in case of events, terrible events like that. So um, the the fact that it can never go to value is pretty strong. Uh, The fact that um, you can get an income from it right now is pretty good. And also the fact that you can buy property using other people's money. And this is absolutely key. It's the fact you can leverage your investments. And if you go to a bank and ask them if you can borrow money to invest in the stock market, you know, unless you're very, very experienced, they're not going to do that. If you go to a bank and ask them to buy real estate, they'll happily lend you money because the banks know that real estate is a good, sound investment. And that's why most of the rich around the world, it's one of the preferred asset classes in which they like to invest because it's such a good long-term investment. We've got about three minutes till commercial break now, Simon, but just wondered, you know, is is investment uh, sort of in real estate, is it for everyone? I mean, what sort of cash do you need to actually do it? Um, I don't think it's for everyone. I, I think, you know, some people prefer to do, um, you know, stock market trading or they prefer to run a business. So um, you, you've got to understand that it takes a certain type of person to do property. Um, you've got to be a people person. It is a people business. Um, but actually, um, I don't manage any of my properties myself. I find other people to do that because that wouldn't be a good use of my time. So once you're educated, you can leverage yourself. And yes, you you do need some money, but actually there are some strategies um, where you don't need a huge amount of cash to invest. And maybe we can explore those later after the commercial break. Yeah, certainly hope so. Um, but I mean, just we've got a got sort of couple of minutes now. Um, I mean, what, what sort of cash do you need? I mean, uh, I hear people... You know, uh, there's a scheme in the UK at the moment, isn't there, where people are going to have to put 5% of the value down. Uh, yeah, so so it depends if you're buying a property to live in yourself as a residence or if you're buying an investment property. So most places around the world, um, you can generally put down a small deposit, 5 10% to buy your own home. If it's an investment property, generally it's more like 20 to 30% around the world. So you'd need to put a bigger deposit in. That's if you're conventionally buying a property. Um, The other point to mention is that you don't always have to use your money. You know, no matter how much money you have or don't have, if you're just using your own resources, at some point you'll run out of money. So what we do and what we teach our students to do is how to find other people who've got money, who might be might be sitting in a bank, not getting a great return at the moment, and you, by doing a joint venture with someone else, you can invest their money, you can give them a great return of their money, and you get control of an asset without very much of your own personal money in the deal. Um, so that, that's pretty good, and we have lots of 
people who buy property, who control real estate with very little of their own money. So it is possible to do. Excellent. And I guess if you've got equity sitting in your property or in maybe another rental property, you could perhaps increase uh, the mortgage on it and use that money. You know, that's the easiest way most people get into it, Chris. Um, they, they have a house and very often people come to me and say, look, I've got no money to invest. Uh, and that's because they um, they feel that they don't have any savings in their bank. Whereas actually, I remember speaking to a lady who did one of our training programs. She said, I don't have any money. Turns out she had a property worth £250,000. I guess that's maybe $350,000. And she had no mortgage on it, no borrowing at all. And she said, I have no money. And we explained to actually she could refinance that property, take a big chunk of money up, go and buy a load of property, earn enough to cover all of her costs and still get a, a cash flow and an income and that's exactly what she did fantastic well after the commercial break we're going to talk about the five golden rules Simon's five golden rules for investing in property and do come back because they're, they're very very uh, valuable rules and something that I think anybody involved in property should really understand so we shall be back again in just a couple of minutes We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. tuned in to be more achieve more with host chris cooper if you have a question or comment about our show please direct your emails to info at be more that's info at be more now back to chris cooper this is chris cooper of be more i'm with simon zucci and we're talking about investing in real estate and why it's a good investment so let's talk about how to invest in property now. And I mentioned just before the break that uh, Simon had shared with me five golden rules when we were planning this interview. And I think it's uh, really appropriate to um, ask you about those and really how they came about and uh, you know, the purpose of them. So you know, Simon, over to you. Could you just share what those are? And then maybe we'll, we'll talk about some of them in a bit more detail. 
Okay, yeah. So, and these came about, Chris, because I've been investing since 95. You know, I've made a huge number of mistakes myself. Um, and getting to network and meet lots of other investors, I, I like now learning from other people's mistakes rather than making them myself, uh, which has got to be a smart way to do it. And I, I kind of observed there were some common trends. And so I put together these five golden rules, which, to be honest, are, are a lot of common sense. But it's amazing how uncommon common sense is. And I think if you follow these five golden rules, you'll dramatically minimize the risks associated with property investing and maximize the return. So let me run through each of them and and we can explore them in a bit more detail if you want. So the first golden rule is we always like to buy uh, at a great price from a motivated seller. Now, a motivated seller is someone who really needs to sell, um, which means they're going to be flexible on the price or the terms. And so that means we can get a great deal on the price. And just one important point to mention there, we're not looking to take advantage of people. Uh, we want to be ethical. We want to make sure we find people who do have a problem, but we can ethically solve the problem to have a win-win for them and for us. Now, golden rule number two is we only ever buy property in an area which has a strong rental demand. Remember, we're not living in this property. We're going to be renting it to some tenants and the rent they're going to pay is going to cover the mortgage, all the financing, all the costs and give us some profit left over at the end of each month. So we want to make sure we can easily find tenants to put into that property. And, you know, using the Internet, speaking to realtors, we'll be able to find properties in those kind of areas. And a general rule of thumb here is you want to buy property where the population is increasing. An increasing population means that um, people, there'll be an increased demand for accommodation, prices, rents will go up as well. Now, rule number three, linked to number two, is that we only ever buy a property for cash flow. What that means is at the end of each month, after all the expenses, that property has to make us some cash profit. And that's really important because we, um, you know, 2001 to 2007, a lot of people were buying for speculation, for capital growth, because the market was absolutely booming. But there's no certainty that's going to happen in the future. We think prices long term will go up, but there's no certainty. So we want to make sure we're buying for a great return today. The fourth golden rule is that we are investing for the long term. You know, property investing is not a get-rich-quick scheme. Um, The true wealth in real estate is holding it for the long term. Now, yes, we can make money short-term from cash flow. Yes, we can make money flipping deals as well, but it's the long-term buy and hold that creates the real wealth. And the fifth rule, and this is really important, I've seen a huge number of people get into difficulty because they have missed this rule. The fifth rule is you need a cash buffer. You need some money put aside for a rainy day. If something happens to your property, so if you have some bad tenants or people cause some damage that's not covered by insurance or anything that you can't pay for with insurance, well, you need some money put aside so you can spend the money on the property, get it back into a condition where you can rent it out to the next group of tenants. I sometimes meet people who they've got a property and and there's been some issue and they they can't fix the problem and thus they can't rent it out, which means it's empty, it's got a void period and they're just paying all the costs. So far from being an asset, it's actually a liability. So having some cash buffer put aside is really, really important. 
And it could be money in your own bank account, could be a credit card facility, could be someone else's money, but it's just prearranged funds, therefore, if you need them. So those are the five golden rules. And if you follow those, um, you will dramatically minimize the risks involved in real estate investing. Excellent. So let's start with buying at a great price. I mean, um, you know, how, how do you go and do it? How do you find those buyers who are you know, keen to sell? Uh, okay. And how do you do it ethically as well? Yeah, so, so people are keen to sell for a number of reasons. Uh, in many places around the world, um, the, the property prices are, you know, there are lots of people keen to sell for various reasons and not as many people buying. So it is a bit of a buyer's market. And for all sorts of reasons, um, people might have a property they don't need anymore. Maybe they're emigrating to somewhere else or they're moving, relocating for their work. Or maybe they've inherited a property, um, you know, someone's passed away and, and they've got this as part of a deceased estate. Or maybe they're in financial difficulty and they're about to, to have a foreclosure, a repossession. Um, or maybe they've got a marital dispute and they've broken up or get two people who fall in love. They've got a spare house they don't need and they, they don't want to be tenants. Um, so for whatever reason, people have got properties they want to sell and the, the property is just not selling. And what, what we can do is offer a, a faster a purchase transaction because in the UK and most places around the country, uh, around the world, if you're going to get finance on a property, it's probably going to take a couple of months to sort out the financing. Sometimes people don't have a couple of months. We can buy property very, very quickly. And we also would buy property that maybe has got problems. Maybe it needs some refurbishment work doing to it. Maybe it's not possible to get finance on it because of some structural problems. Um, so we will go and we will help people solve their problems and if you always, the, the way to do it ethically is to find what's the problem and see if we can solve it for the person. Now, we can't help everyone and we're not a charity. Um, we do want to make money doing this, but not at the expense of someone else. It is a fine balance. We want to find people who we can help where we get an ethical solution for everyone. And we actually find these people very often by advertising. Could be newspaper adverts, leaflets. Word of mouth, we, we get a lot of business through recommendation, and it's just telling everyone what you do. You're looking for people who, who you know, need to sell a property quickly. Excellent. And I, and I guess that you've got to do that in conjunction with the other five, uh, because yeah. there might be, you know, it might be that uh, they want to sell because there's a new flight path going in at an airport or something. Uh, 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 so therefore, it would be difficult to rent to people, yes. so it, it breaks one of the golden rules. So yeah, you, you need to look at everything in a whole, uh, and that's where kind of education comes in, so, you, so you're aware of some of these things you can look out for. Excellent. So uh, are you best, uh, sorry, how best do you assess then whether there's, there's strong rental demand well, the easiest way is um, people usually pick an area that they get to know, and I think it's good to, wherever you're investing, you need to understand the area, and you can do that by literally walking around the streets, uh, speaking to realtors and letting agents, speaking to locals, and, and if you buy where you live or where you work, you probably have a good idea of where the good neighborhoods are and where the bad neighborhoods are. Um, you probably get a good idea of what the, the valuation of the property is, and also, um, the demand for rent and, and the amount of rent you can achieve. And then obviously you need to just assess it. And that there's a very simple calculation, which I, I won't go into today, where you can assess, does the property make cash flow for me? Does it make profit every single month? And so when you know that, you can very quickly say, yes, this is a good property. Um, I know I can rent it out. I know it makes cash flow. It meets the golden rules. Fantastic. We'll buy this particular property. Excellent. Uh, and so you, you, you do you think you're, um, 
Best, therefore, buy in your local market or, or taking a broader perspective? You know, when, when I started buying property, I was just buying where I live because that's where I knew and I could find property and I could manage the tenants when I, when I did that many years ago. Um, but as, as my knowledge expanded and obviously with the use of the Internet these days, um, you know, the world has become a small place. So I, I now have property all over the UK, in fact, all over the world. And um, it's possible to do that because... You can research things from a distance. I think if you are buying property remote from where you know, it's very important to have people who you trust who can help you buy the property, help you manage it, help maintain it. So getting a power team together is critical, but actually it's very possible to do that. I, I went to spoke at an event in Singapore. Now, I don't have any property in Singapore, but I, I done a, ran a three-day course teaching people there <clears throat> how to find local contacts. And while I was, uh, I popped over to Kuala Lumpur. I was in Kuala Lumpur. I met some solicitors, met some people for finance deals. So once you know how to do it and where to look, you can get the right power team together. So if I, if I ever wanted to buy there, I've got the team to do it. Um, I think if you do buy remote from where you live, I, I do think you need to go and have a look at it yourself. Um, you should never buy blind. Um, and that's a mistake many people make when they're buying overseas property. They buy something in a distant land, they never go to it, and they might trust a, a glossy sales brochure, which may not present everything in, in a realistic manner. So it's absolutely critical that you know how to do your own due diligence as well to make sure if you are buying further afield, uh, no one's taking advantage of you. And that's really important because there's so many people got have got caught out buying property in Spain and off plan and yeah a lot lots of Europe particularly Spain there was a lot of property being built there and and I bought property there as well I bought one I saw it made some money bought one and then the crash came and I've got one that's probably in negative equity where the debt is more than the value but again I can afford to hold on to it so it's not a problem um Having a portfolio of properties, if you have one or two that don't perform as well, it's not an issue. If you only have one property that doesn't perform, well, then you've got a problem. Yeah, I guess it's a bit like having having multiple shares, isn't it? If you- yeah, absolutely. If you put all your eggs in one basket, um, you know, and that that particular share doesn't work, that property doesn't work, well, you've got problems. But if you spread the risk by actually having more properties. So I guess it's particularly particularly important to make sure the first one or two or three that you buy are, are good decisions to get you started. Is that Yeah, and, and you know what? Buying the first one's always the hardest because naturally when you do something different, there's an element of fear in your head that, that kind of prevents you from taking action sometimes and very often people worry about what about what are all the problems, what are the challenges, what happens if my tenants don't pay, what happens if this, what happens if that? And sometimes those what ifs can stop people from taking action. But if you work with other people who've done it before, who've made the mistakes that you don't have to make them, well, then there's a really good chance that you're not going to have as many issues as people who are trying to do it on their own. Mm. And who should you target as tenants? You mentioned that you first started out renting out as a student and, you know, renting to students. Does that not mean properties left empty out of term time and you've got lots of clearing up to do when they leave? Well, it does depend. I mean, um, actually, and, and you know, this varies all over the world, but generally there are a couple of different groups of, um, of tenants you could have. So let's talk about students first of all. So people who are at college, university, and they're away from home, and they usually live in a shared house. And they live, usually live with some friends. And, you know, sometimes students can cause a little bit of damage. They have some parties. They don't like cleaning up. All those things are true. But having said that, when, when we take um, a rental from, from a student, 
uh, in the UK, we certainly always get a guarantor. So we get the parents to sign to say, you know, if the kids don't look after the house, we're going to charge the parents. And, you know, if the kids are late, I say kids, we're talking about, you know, 18, 19, 20 year olds. If they're late with their rent payments, a quick call to the parents and the money's in your account before you can uh, blink. So, again, it's about knowing how to do these things correctly. So students can be bad, but if you manage them correctly, tell them how it is, uh, I don't think it's a real problem there. You then also have people who are what we call young professionals. Now, these are people who may have previously been students. They've graduated. Um, they've got better jobs, probably. They're slightly higher paid, and they maybe can't afford to live on their own. Um, and actually, maybe they don't want to live on their own. They like because they're young. They like to live with other people their kind of age. And they often live in shared houses as well. That's what we call a house of multiple occupation. And that's great because you know they're sensible people. They've got good jobs. They want to keep a good credit record. They probably want to buy their own house in the future. And um, you know, actually, you can get a really good income by renting a house to a group of those type of people than just renting it to, say, a single family. Um, those are the other tenants you can have. You can have family where you've got mum, dad, kids. Uh, mum and dad might be working. So that's just a normal working family. Um, is a third group of tenants. And then a fourth group of tenants is people who are on benefits. Now, certainly in the United Kingdom, um, we have a, a very generous system here. Um, if you don't have any money, you get free education, you get free medical cover, you get free housing. Um, it really is very generous. This is why the population of the UK is increasing because so many people from Europe want to come and live here. Um, but actually, too, if you want on what we call housing benefit, you just can't afford it. Um, you know, the, the government will, will pay for your accommodation. And, and that's, that's a certain type of tenant. Some people like that kind of ten, tenant. Some people don't. The good news is the government's paying and they will continue to pay. So, yes, you need to decide what type of tenant you want to deal with. And the area in which you buy the property might also dictate the kind of tenant that you would attract to live in that area. So, that, again, there are a few considerations to decide what kind of tenants you want in your property. Excellent. Now, you, uh, we've only got a couple of minutes left to the next commercial break, but uh, uh, in that time, I don't know if you can answer the question you know, why you should buy for cash flow rather than capital growth. Uh, I'll do my best. And, and here's the thing. Um, let's look at the UK for the moment. So the UK is an island. We have a limited amount of accommodation. We have an increasing population. We have changing social demographic trends. All of that suggests that over the long term, property prices should go up. But uh, real estate is cyclical. It goes up, it comes down. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen in two years, five years, ten years' time. I expect prices will go up, but I don't have any certainty. So if I was just buying for capital growth, well, that's a bit more like gambling because I don't know what's going to happen in the future. But what I do know is how much, if I buy this, this property today, this, this real estate today, I know exactly how much it's going to cost me. I know exactly how much it's going to rent out. And I know how much cash I'm going to make. And that's compared to the investment I've made. So I can make an assessment based on the information today if this is a good investment or not. And Theoretically, if I buy in an area with increasing population, that situation should just get better and better. So that's why we buy for cash flow today and the equity, the capital growth, well, that's a bonus. Makes an awful lot of sense. We're going to go to commercial break now, and after the break, we shall finish off looking at some of those other areas that we um, we, dis we discussed in, in Simon's Five Golden Rules, and then we'll move into uh, some more things around uh, kind of compensating for risk and that sort of thing. So do join us again in just a couple of minutes. 
the market's up or down. Or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called The Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Do you, like most Americans, spend the majority of your life at work? Are you making it the joy that it deserves to be, or are you feeling drained and unfocused? Tune in to A Great Place to Work with hosts Kurt Kaufman and Dr. Kathy Sorensen. Your hosts have more than 30 years of experience in workplace consulting and are ready to bring you the secrets and success stories of businesses who are making their business a great place to work. Listen every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and enjoy a better workplace and a better life. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. tuned in to Be More, Achieve More with host Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to info at bemoreachievemore.com. That's info at bemoreachievemore.com. Now, back to Chris Cooper. Hi, it's Chris Cooper again at bemoreachievemore.com, and I'm with Simon Zucci. We're talking about investing in real estate and why it's a good investment. We're now kind of into really how to, how to do it. Um, you said, Simon, before the break that you should uh, invest for the long term. I mean, over what time horizon should you ever sell your property? Well, you know, there are a couple of different strategies here, and, and I could talk about a day for this particular point because it really depends on what you're personally trying to achieve, Chris. However, uh, my strategy used to be that I was going to buy a certain number of properties, let's say 10 properties, and over time, the, the idea is those properties will probably double in value. And I thought what I could do is sell half of them to clear all the finance on all of them and have five properties left that I own outright. And for me, that was a perfect strategy. But as I learned more about property and as I learned more about taxation and, and you know, it's really important to understand taxation and debt, um, I realized that actually by doing that, certainly here in the UK and in most places around the world, that wasn't a very tax efficient thing to do. So my challenge to the question really is this. If you have a rental property, well, who says you ever have to sell it? You see, if the value goes up and if the rents go up as well, over time you can refinance that property. You can remortgage it and take out some money. Now, the money you take out is actually tax-free because it's debt, so you can take that money and go and buy more property or you can use it to live on, etc. So in fact, do you really need to ever sell property? Well, why not? I prefer to earn money that's tax-free and spend that money. So I would suggest actually you don't ever really need to pay it off. You don't ever really need to sell it. That is 
investment property I'm talking about, investment real estate, your own home, at some point you will need to pay that back because the mortgage company will say, well, you know, when you get to a certain age, how are you going to be able to afford this? But what you could do when you refinance your real estate that you have for investment, you could take some of that money and use it to pay down the mortgage on your own home. So your own home is completely free and clear and your investment property is, is geared up so that you, you have a lot of debt on it but your tenants are going to pay your debt for you. Does that kind of make sense? Makes a lot of makes a lot of sense. Um, to be somebody who has got a got rental property, um, I wonder how how f- far would you go though? With you mentioned property can go up and down. How far would you go in terms of refinancing that? As it maybe a percentage of of the equity? Well, I mean that that comes down to personal risk fact, risk factor. And I, I'm not a I'm not a financial advisor, so I can't give any financial advice. But some investors will will literally refinance to as much as they possibly can. Now, remember, if it is an investment property, generally around the world, you can finance up to about seventy five to eighty percent of the value of the property. So there's still some equity there. So if the value comes down, if we have another crash, um, you should still be okay. And remember, if you followed the golden rules, uh, golden rule number three is having cash flow does it really matter if short-term property prices come down if you're if you can afford to hold it for the long term well hopefully over time prices will rectify themselves excellent excellent so when's a good time to buy the best time to buy is about 10 years ago failing that now is always a good time to buy, as long as you know what you're doing, as long as you buy right, as long as you follow the golden rules. Um, personally, if I look around the world, you know, we, we've had this, this um, slump caused by the credit crunch, and that was because there was a lot of irresponsible, well, I'd say irresponsible lending by the banks and irresponsible borrowing. Do you know, Chris, um, certainly in the UK, and I think it's happened in America as well, um, they would give people mortgages. So you go and buy a property, your own home, and let's say you bought it for $100,000, they would give you a mortgage for $125,000, 25% more than you're buying the property for. They'd say, oh, here you go, go and have some more money if you want, because the banks expected, as everyone else did, prices to keep going up. So first of all, that was irresponsible lending to make that available in the first place, and it was irresponsible borrowing by people taking it out. Now, if people took that $25,000 extra and bought another property investment, that might be a smart thing to do. But many people spend it on cars, holidays, things like that, which which was a bit dangerous, really. So um, understandable. And then also they gave mortgages to people who never, ever could actually pay the debt back. You know, they had these what they call self-certification finance. So you just signed to say you could afford it. No checks. And again, a lot of, lot of people in the, the finance world getting very greedy, lending too much money. And it wasn't sustainable. So what happened was that caused the, the worldwide economic crash. And suddenly, no one could get finance for property, for real estate. So the values obviously plummeted. Now, we're kind of coming out of that all around the world. We're seeing house prices, real estate prices are starting to grow again. They're starting to go up. The lenders, the banks are coming back and starting to lend people. They're far more cautious now. They're a bit more careful who they lend money to. So I think, you know, we're seeing it become easier to invest in real estate now. And I think really the good time to buy is before everybody is doing it. Warren Buffett has a great expression, and and I'll try and get this right. Warren says, um, when the masses are getting greedy, it's time to get fearful. So if everybody's doing it, you probably don't want to do it. 
But he said, so when the masses are getting greedy, it's time to get fearful. And when the masses are fearful, it's time to get greedy. Right now, the masses are fearful. The masses don't understand investing in real estate. They're worried about the problems. And serious investors, we're out there and we're snapping up some fantastic bargains right now. So right, right now, if you know what you're doing, it is a great time to invest in real estate. Yes, and, how, and how easy is it to get mortgages these days? And what are the typical conditions? Um, well, it, it varies around the world. And in fact, just here in the UK, we've seen things uh, lighten up a little bit. And um, generally, around the world, if you buy a property for you to live in, the lender, the bank, is going to be, able to be very interested in how much you personally own because they want to make sure you can afford the mortgage, which is understandable. However, if you buy an investment property, uh, uh, real estate, Generally, the income from the real estate is more important than your personal income because that's what's going to cover the financing on the real estate you're buying. Your personal credit file is important. So if you've got really bad credit, it might be difficult for you to get financing. However, there are some other strategies that we teach uh, that's very commonplace in in Australia and America called purchase lease options where you can actually control a property without having to get any finance and without having to put a big deposit in. And maybe it's slightly beyond the scope of this, this call, this interview today. But again, if you have the knowledge, there are ways of making money even if you don't think you can do it. Great. And then how many properties should you aim for? And... You mentioned about having a cash buffer. I mean, how much of a cash buffer should you have? Again, it really depends on what you're trying to achieve. Um, if you people think you need to have hundreds of properties to hundreds of uh, real estate buildings to to replace your income, well, that's not the case. If you know what you're doing, you buy high yielding, high cash flow properties. Um, I've helped people who just buy three or four properties, and that's enough to replace the income they're earning. So um, for Many people, if you buy the right kind of properties, five to ten, maybe more than enough. Um, however, if you want to keep growing, building a portfolio, keep on earning more and more money, you might want to have more than that. Um, and then the size of your cash buffer, again, depends on your level, uh, your attitude to risk. I think you want to have at least several thousand dollars that you've got access to just so you can afford for repairs. You can, you can cover it if you don't have tenants in a property for a while and you need to pay the mortgages. You need to have some money stashed away just to make sure you're minimizing the risk. So that's several thousand dollars per property, is it? Yeah, well, well I, hopefully, let's say you've got 10 properties and um, you're not going to have all of them empty at the same time. If you do, you've done something very, very wrong. Um, if you follow the golden rules, you've bought in an area that you can easily rent, you should be able to turn your properties quickly. So you might have one or two that are empty at the same time. In a good area, you should quickly relet them. So, you know, obviously, if you've got one property, a couple of thousand dollars. If you've got 10 property, you don't have to multiply that by 10. You might have, I don't know, five times that buffer, maybe $10,000 spare. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, makes makes an awful lot of sense. I think um, that that fee doesn't feel like a huge amount of money, um, con- considering. Um, but it depends on how risk averse you are, doesn't it? it? It is all about it is all about your level to your how much you accept risk. Yeah, that's right. And how do you best compensate for risks? Well, you know, in this day and age, you can get insurance against pretty much anything. So obviously, uh, as a landlord, as someone who's renting out real estate, you need to have insurance to not only protect the value of the building, the contents, but also you need to have insurance to make sure if someone has an accident within your property that you've got public liability insurance. 
Uh, you don't want someone suing you if they have an accident. Because in, in the UK, someone falls over on a property that you own and it's deemed to be your fault because there was a, a carpet that wasn't laid properly, that they can sue you. So you need to make sure you have insurance to cover that. But likewise, you can get insurance on all sorts of things. You can get insurance on your domestic appliances, like your washing machine. If your washing machine breaks, you can get insurance to get it fixed. Um, we have central heating systems here in the UK, uh, gas boilers, you can get insurance on that. You can even get insurance against your tenant not paying you rent. You know, you put them through a credit check when you first sign them up, you pay a little insurance premium, and if they decide not to pay the rent, the insurance company will pay it for you. So, in fact, the vast majority of risks, you can mitigate those by having an insurance policy against them. But obviously, the more insurance policies you have, the more you're spending on insurance, that will eat into your cash flow. So, again, it's your level of risk versus reward and what you're personally comfortable with. Well. Would you, would you recommend, you mentioned earlier about having this power team together. I mean, would you recommend having a strong support team or managing uh, rentals yourself? Well, again, it depends. I mean, I started just managing myself because I, I thought that I didn't really want to pay an agent to do it. And I thought I could do a better job with the agent. But as I got more and more properties, I realized I was spending more and more of my time managing my properties, looking after my tenants. And I didn't really want to do that. So it it wasn't a good use of my time. You know, I, I have, um, if I manage all of my properties, well, some are local to where I live, but I have them all over the country and a few dotted around the world. If I was trying to manage those myself, it would be pretty much a full-time job. And, and I want to teach people about property. That's what I'm passionate about. So I pay other people to do it. So, yeah, I think finding some good management agents, um, that's, that's a key to your, to your power team. Um, you would hope that they would have uh, some handyman who could do maintenance and repairs on your property um every so often every couple of years you need to get it painted you need to look after and look after your investment because it, it's your pension at the end of the day so once you've got a property there's certainly the management side you need to take care of but also um, before you get the property there are people you need you're going to need some realtors to work with who can find you the properties in the first place um you might need uh, a finance broker who can get you the finance. You need an attorney to do the purchase for you, a solicitor as we call them in the UK. So you need to have your power team around you. Um, again, if you try to do it without your power team, you're going to reinvent the wheel, make hard work for yourself. Bring in the experts who can help you so you can focus on what you're good at. Fantastic. So so what are the, the final messages that you would like to leave us with, Simon? Well, you know, I'd say that real estate has done so well for me in terms of giving me a, a passive income, uh, providing for my pension, allowing me the freedom to do what I want to do. And anyone who decides to make that can do that. And you know what? You don't need a huge amount of money. You might have some equity in your in your real estate. You might have retained profit in your business. You might have an inheritance, redundancy money, whatever it is. Rather than you working for money, how about getting your money working for you? Educate yourself, go out there, get some real estate and, you know, do it correctly. Educate yourself, work with other people who are doing it as well. And it could be one of the best investments you've ever made. In fact, the only investment better than real estate is investing in yourself and investing in your own personal development. Um, which uh, makes a lot of sense because I know, you know, we've, uh, you have this, uh, uh, this business that trains and, and helps people educate people in how to actually do this. Yeah, it, it looks a very good organization from what I've seen. And uh, it is, uh, you know, a, a quite sizable organization now, isn't it? Um, 
so you, you know, you'd strongly recommend that people go and learn and educate themselves. But also what I see within what you do is that you have mastermind, kind of like masterminding where people are sharing best practice. And that sounds quite a good strategy if you're serious yeah, about it. Absolutely. Because, you know, if, you're, if you want to do something, says, I, I've learned a lot from Tony Robbins, who I'm sure a lot of people listen to the show and I one of the greatest personal um, peak performance coaches in the world. And he says, if you want to be successful, find someone who's done what you want to do and go and model what they do. So finding other people who've been successful in real estate, and by the way, you do need to make sure they know what they're talking about. A lot of people are very happy to give you their opinion about real estate, but frankly aren't qualified to do so. So um, find someone who's achieved what you want to achieve, and you know, buy them lunch, take, find out what they've done, get some pointers. There's so much resource available for you to read in books, listen to audio programs, internet information, courses you can go on. There's no excuse for not knowing what to do. And when we run our training programs, um, we offer a money-back guarantee. So up to halfway through, if we're not giving massive value to people, they, they get the money back. So for our clients, there's, there's no risk really, which is why we do so well. I just also sort of finally say as well that um, I, I went to your site, uh, propertyinvestorsnetwork.co.uk, and yep. there's some really great video content on there where you're explaining uh, some of the, the sort of key concepts. So you know, people can check that out at propertyinvestorsnetwork.co.uk and find out a bit more about you and, uh, and some of the information, great information that you shared with us today. So thank you so much, Simon, for joining us. Thank you very much. Absolutely, pleasure to have you on. If you have any questions or feedback, please send them to chris at bemoreachievemore.com. Uh, leave them on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash bemoreachievemore. Make sure you like the page. And uh, I should look forward to um, being back with you again next week. Thank you for listening to Be More, Achieve More. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, typically 4 p.m. London on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 